This is iRockRadio.me. I'm Rick Becker. Here's more of my conversation with comedian Don Jameson. So this might be more of an existential question and getting a little bit too much into the weeds, but when you're seeing things happening in current events, and I'm not just talking about the pandemic, it could be the election, it could be anything that's happening that really has the consciousness of a large part of the country. Are you looking at all those things thinking, how can I make this funny? Or do you hear the funny and that's where you go from there? I think, listen, I think a good comic, take, look, we all have the same pool of, of common information in terms of current events, right? It's just how, did, how does this affect you? Like to go on stage, you know, and say, oh, you know, Donald Trump's a big mouth, orange hair, bad tan, blah, 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 small hands, all, like that, anybody could come up with that. You know, oh, Joe Biden's old, he stumbles on his words, blah, 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 right? But it's like, but what's your point of view? That's always, to me, if I have a good point of view on something, that's a different story. You know, that, that's where, and yeah, and especially with anything political, man, you just want to, I don't want to, I don't want to preach to the crowd. I'm, I don't take one side or the other. I just want the jokes to be funny. I want them to be clever. And if you have five people, again, you know, when we do the comedians in a compound, you have five or six comics on the bill. You don't want to, you, you know, if you're lazy and you just take the easy way out, you're going to see the same set from five people. But, you know, this is, you know, look, me personally and, and these comics that, that, that I've been working with of late, you know, they're all very, you know, anything they, they put out there, it's just very specific to them. So, you know, if there's, if there's nothing funny about Biden to me, that's not obvious, then it's not in the set. If there is, I put it in, but I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not going to call people morons if they voted this way or that way. Yeah. And I guess I'm not even necessarily talking. And I guess I'm not necessarily talking about politics. I could just think of that as being the only other big story of the last year. But when it comes to anything, you know that you have to be picking from things that everybody in your audience is going to recognize because it has to be a common experience. And I think that's one of the reasons that politics ends up being a big part of jokes. And obviously people are going to talk about the pandemic, but it can be anything from, you know, Taylor Swift, like things that people everybody's going to recognize are you just always sitting there looking like this thing's big right now how can i make that funny or do you think of the joke when you're just watching tv and that's how it ends up in your set right so i'll give you a quick example so everybody during the, the lockdown did the same thing they all watched the tiger king so but i didn't i had zero interest in it so but to but to but because it, it, it's such a ubiquitous topic in the world, again, how do I make it personal to me? So the only angle I could take when I was writing jokes about the Tiger King was the fact that my biggest accomplishment during the lockdown was not watching one second of the Tiger King. So I'm approaching it from a totally different angle. So if someone goes on after me and talks about the Tiger King from the perspective of they watched every episode multiple times every second, you know, we're, we're never going to have to worry about touching on each other because I'm coming at it from the angle of like, I didn't watch one second of that train wreck. No, that's awesome. That really addresses what I was thinking. So when you talk about the other four comedians on the bill this night with you, just very briefly, like don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for, for a biography or anything, but 
when you're talking about the other four comedians who are on the bill with you this night, could you just say a little bit about each one of them so people who might want to come out to this show are going to figure out what they're getting when they come see it? Oh, wow. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Um, <laughs> nobody on this uh, bill is woke. So if you're, uh, if you're, if you're into woke language and, um, you know, uh, all that kind of modern uh, sensitivities, this, this might not be the show for you. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, th th these are, we got, you know, four, four seasoned headliners who know how to work any crowd in the country, in the world. And then of course our fearless leader, uh, Anthony Cumia is the ringleader. People might remember Anthony from the uh, Opie and Anthony radio show that aired in New York for decades and also on Sirius XM. Um, but the, I think the most important thing for people to know is we're all different. And, and that's to me what makes a great show. If you want to talk, you want to talk about diversity, it, it, that, you'll get it because we all come from a different point of view. And obviously we also have a female on the show. So it's just a great lineup and there's, a, there's something for everybody, I guarantee you. But we, we, are, we are definitely not woke, my friends. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Don Jameson. It was a great conversation, and I know everybody's looking forward to the show coming up here. Thanks, Rick. And if, if you make it out to the show, um, I, I'll have to now obviously do my uh, Kiefer Sutherland bit for you so you can uh, get that image out of your mind of what happened. But <laughs> it is a true story, and I do usually tell it on stage, so... I'll bust it out just for you. That was the great comedian Don Jameson. He will be at Pat Garrett Amphitheater in Strasstown, PA on June 18th with Comedians of the Compound. You can get tickets to that show at www.pgamp.com. While you're there, pick up tickets to see Puddle of Mud. They'll also be at Pat Garrett Amphitheater. That show is August 21st. Here is Puddle of Mud on iRockRadio.me. Flower on iRockRadio.me. Catch them at Pat Garrett Amphitheater in Strasstown, PA on June 26th. Get your tickets for that show at PGAMP.com. That's also where you would go to get tickets to see Comedians of the Compound at Pat Garrett Amphitheater on June 18th. Don Jameson will be performing at that show. And right now... I will continue my conversation with him on irockradio.me. Getting into what made you want to become a comedian, who were some of those influences that you had who made you say, that's what I want to do with my life? Wow. So in the early, early days, <clears throat> before I realized I wanted to do it, you know, just like a lot of kids uh, my age, you know, I snuck George Carlin and, and, uh, Cheech and Chong tapes, you know, into my bedroom and listen to them late at night when my parents went to bed. But the guy that made me, <clears throat> pardon me, that made me really want to actually step on the stage was was Andrew Dice Clay. And uh, while while you know my act <laughs> does not approach the uh, the filthiness of his act, um, I just love everything about um, what he did. He created this rock star comedic persona. Um, I'm a big rock guy. You know, I hosted a rock TV show for many years. So I love that combination of the rock star as the comic. Um, and he created this character that was brilliant, that, that packed arenas for years. So 
you know, that, that was the kind of guy that made me go, wow, you know, comics could be rock stars too. So, you know, Dice is definitely the guy. And then I ended up opening for him for about 10 years, um, which was, you know, beyond amazing. He's still one of, he's still one of my closest friends. You know, that's funny coming from, you know, it's funny you should mention Andrew Dice Clay being on a rock station. I remember I had a tape of Andrew Dice Clay and it was sort of after he had really had his big explosion and he was doing a performance and people were asking him to do the nursery rhymes. And he said, what do you think in 15, 20 years, people are going to be yelling at Axl Rose to play Welcome to the Jungle? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And it just yeah. turns out that it was actually correct. So <laughs> yeah. like, but, yeah, but, they're still yelling at Axel to do uh, Welcome to the Jungle. And they're still yelling at uh, Andrew Dice Clay to do the nursery rhymes. Yeah, that's true. And and going back to what you said, Rick, because you, you made an important observation, it, you know, whatever you think of Dice, it, 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 he is extremely clever. So as, as dirty as he's been over the years, you're right. It's that, it takes that same muscle to be funny when you're dirty. Um, in fact, I'd almost, I'd almost say it, it takes a, even a little bit more work. Um, so you're not just out there cursing and screaming like a maniac, even though that's what it may seem like. There is, again, there's always a method to the madness. But again, the thing I loved was Dice was a rock star in a, in a comedian's body. Right, and I sometimes think that a lot of the people who took a lot of offense to Andrew Dice Clay didn't quite understand that it was a character and that they thought he was this awful person when people behind, you know, people who know him, and I'm sure, like, I never met the man, but I've heard stories, and I'm sure that you, having known him so well, he's actually a really, really nice guy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a child at heart, you know, and I always say I hate to ruin his street cred when I talk to people about him, but you know, he's just one of the most generous guys in the business. I mean, he probably single-handedly helped me more than anybody else, any manager or agent I ever had, because he took me on the road and he put me in front of his crowds. And if you can score in front of a dice crowd, you could score in front of any crowd. If you could, as long as you can get to that microphone before somebody yells out, you freaking suck, uh, <laughs> and get a few jokes out and get a few laughs, you're gonna be all right. How do you find managing with Okay, let me let me try to frame How do you find yourself trying to manage because I'm sure you don't mind having offensive content or having content that is a little more risqué that plays into the blue, but there's probably also some line that you don't want to cross because you don't want to attack somebody or you don't want to do how do you balance trying to make sure that your comedy is edgy that your comedy is important but that you're always actually saying something and not just crapping on somebody um you know what wow you dude you you, you've prepared for this interview um uh, it's weird man you know what it really comes down to dude i'm paid to entertain crowds you know, cl club owners, you know, there's look, there's a lot of them that love and respect the art uh, of it. You know, theater owners where, you know, wherever we're playing. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is you're, you're there to make people laugh. 
You know, these are people, you know, worked hard all week. You know, this is their night off, Friday night or Saturday night, whatever it is. And so they, they just want to come out and laugh. They don't want to be preached to. You know, they, 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 it's a very simple equation. Comedian is funny, audience laughs. So ultimately, man, the, the audience decides. You know, as much as I might write something and go, this is the best thing I ever wrote or I love this. Um, if, if it doesn't get laughs after, you know, three or four times, it, it's out of the set. I mean, it doesn't pay me to waste people's times, you know, running my, you know, my brilliant inside, you know, jokes over them if, if it's not funny. So it's really the audience. So you literally want to show up and play Welcome to the Jungle for people. <laughs> well, I always want to have a new, you know, just like a band, you always want to have a have a handful of new hits when you when you come through town. And, um, you know, that's the good thing about working steadily since September. It's like, you know, for people who have come out uh, to see me in Pennsylvania over the last, you know, eight, eight or nine months, um, you know, I'll probably have a whole new set for you uh, when you get out to the Pat Garrett Theater. Also bringing it back sort of to music, because I know that there was a video at one point that I watched on the Dave Matthews band, and they would talk about how they put their set list together, where if they were playing a, a city, they would look at what they played in that city the last time they were there. They tried to figure out what they were playing in recent shows so that every time it was a new experience. You're talking about people who've seen you in Pennsylvania over the last eight months or so and how you're trying to make sure you're always incorporating new stuff. Are you thinking about things like that? Like, man, I've been in the area a couple months ago. I did this set. Do I want to mix it up in this way? Are those things that go through your mind? No, I do. I listen, honestly, I do a different set every time. So I don't, you know, I don't write the set list down and go, oh, where's that old set list? I got to make sure I don't do that. Every time I go on stage, I do a different set because I'd like to <clears throat> I like the danger of kind of not knowing where I'm going to go. I have an outline in my head, but I always, you know, I always hope that the train goes off the tracks a bit because <laughs> it makes what we do even more exciting. That danger of like not having the safety net of knowing, OK, right after this joke, the next joke is this and then the next one's this and the next one's that. You know, I'll go with the flow. Like if the audience is kind of flowing a certain way, I'll flow a certain way. But for sure with the, the comedians of the compound, which is, you know, the show that we're doing uh, in Bethel on, on the 18th, um, our fans are they, they they're like they're like fish fans, except, you know, they don't have hacky sacks and they shower, but they travel everywhere to see us. So, you know, it definitely is in all our at the back of all our minds like hey, you know, we do have a certain core group of uh, fans who come and see us, you know, pretty much anything that's within, you know, driving distance um, or even flying. I mean, we had fans down in Austin from all over the country a few weeks ago. But so, yeah, you keep that in the back of your mind. But I never worry because I, I, I kind of just I kind of let it flow and see what happens. So you almost have these arrows in your quiver. And you go out there, you try to read the crowd and then use the arrow that you think is the most appropriate at the time. Yeah, I think one of the best compliments I ever get, you know, from people who have come see me multiple times, you know, I'll, sometimes after the show, I'll go, hey, I'm sorry I didn't have as much new material as I would have liked tonight. And they'd be like, we love coming to see you because you never know 
what you're going to do, you know? Um, and then people, you know, they do, they like, sometimes they like the greatest hits. They get mad at you. If they, you know, if they've seen you a bunch of times and you don't do your comedic welcome to the jungle, they go, ah, you didn't do the thing about when Keeper Sutherland gave you a hickey. And I'm like, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so I'm still trying to forget. <laughs> We still have more with Don Jameson of Comedians of the Compound in a few minutes here on irockradio.me. irockradio.me, I'm Rick Becker, and I'm about to talk with comedian Don Jameson. He's going to be joined by Aaron Berg, Anthony Cumia, Gino Bisconti, and Chrissy Mayer as part of Comedians of the Compound, which will be at Pat Garrett Amphitheater in Strasstown, PA on June 18th. Tickets to this great show are available at www.pgamp.com, www.pgamp.com. You don't want to miss this show. How are you doing today, Don? Everything's cool, man. Thanks for having me. The sun's shining. My coffee is brewing and uh, comedy's back, baby. So comedy is back and that's definitely where we're going to start. How long has it been? Have you been out for a few shows already? Are you getting back into the groove? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's taken a while to get back into the groove. But yeah, we've been working probably since about September again. Um, you know, sometimes the limited crowds, uh, you know, the social distancing and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, the early, early days of the pandemic were rough, man. I mean, there was just, you know, there was nowhere open. And, um, man, I did some crazy shows in the early days just to, just to be able to perform. I, I performed... Uh, in an outhouse on a farm. Uh, <laughs> one of my first shows back, a true story. Um, you know, I've done a couple of those Zoom shows. I've done drive-in shows, you know, outside. And, you know, uh, none of them ideal, but um, it, it, it sort of, you know, it was, uh, it was good therapy until things started to open up again. And uh, yeah, now we're hot as a pistol and, and we're really rolling. So uh, it's good to be back. You know, funny enough, our program director, Jay Hunter, he has said that my show sometimes sounds like I recorded it in an outhouse. But anyway, that <laughs> is neither here nor there. What do you find with your material? Like, you can't ignore what has happened for the last year, but you also know that people are going to you to relieve that stress and to get their minds off of things. So how do you do that balance between addressing the elephant in the room, but also trying to just entertain people. Yeah, Rick, look, it's, it's the same for us comics too. It's like, we don't want to, we don't want to harp on, you know, what's been going on during the pandemic. People have come to laugh and, you know, as crazy hypersensitive as this world has gotten, and especially in the last year and change, um, it's amazing that the audiences have actually just become more accepting uh, in comedy, you know, people have been locked up, you know, they've been they've been away from any live entertainment. They haven't seen their loved ones and they're coming out of these comedy shows and they want they want you to hit them with the kitchen sink, you know, because they're just starved for some kind of entertainment. And uh, I got to say, man, it's really been great. It's been a, a great, you know, reintroduction to comedy audiences again. They've been they've been really rabid and, and lots of fun. Yeah, that's awesome because there hasn't been a lot to laugh about over the last 15 months. I mean, there has been a lot to laugh about. I mean, we had an election, but 
there hasn't been <laughs> a lot of time to get out and to laugh about these things, be in the community of other people. Do you find that you started in September? It was really, really limited shows. It was shows in weird locations. And as things are starting to get closer and closer to 100% capacity, as people are starting to see some of the restrictions finally starting to come off and start to look a little bit more like normal, that your crowds are loosening up even more, that they're finally just not as tense. They're starting to feel that vibe like they had in the past. Yeah, dude, absolutely. You know, no one's no one's cringing if someone sneezes. No one's looking around to see if the person next to him is wearing a mask or any of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, of course, it's been that way. And like I said, man, we're, you know, you know, when we do this show at the at the Pat Garrett Amphitheater, you know, there's five comics on the show. If we if we all if our whole sets were all about COVID, you know, people would leave feeling worse than when they came. So, you know, we, we just want to, you know, we'll all obviously you have to address it. But, you know, we're all sort of like, you know, we'll talk about how it affected us personally. And then we move on um, and, and we get that out of the way. And then we just have a good time all laughing together. And, yeah, it's a weird thing, Rick, with. You know, we did a show, uh, one of these comedians of the compound show in Norwalk, and the crowd was fantastic. Um, but it was very strange. They all had to stay masked. And even though, you know, as a performer, I'm looking into the crowd and, and, and I'm hearing the laughter, but I'm not seeing people smile. So it's, it's just it was such a I, I think it's just a strange thing, you know, for both parties. And, and now that we can kind of just be free and do it. Um, everyone's just having a blast. I am talking with comedian Don Jameson, and I wanted to ask this question because I think it's important. It's something that I ask to bands when I interview them, and it's just as important with a stand-up comedian. If somebody is seeing you for the first time, what can they expect? If they're just walking in sight unseen, maybe they go for one of the other four comics, and they're seeing you for the first time, what are they going to get? What can they expect from your set? Well, listen. I, I, I could I can speak for all the the comics on on the bill um, for the 18th, but it, it, it applies to everyone. It, that applies to me, which is you're going to get a seasoned headlining comedian. So so at the Pat Garrett, you're going to get five seasoned headlining comedians. So you're gonna you're gonna get a great show. You're gonna get you know people who you know are used to doing an hour on stage um every night you know but we're going to do abbreviated sets for this so you're going to get the greatest hits um you're going to get a ton of energy and there's something for everybody i think you know my favorite thing about crafting a set is you know i could tell a really dirty joke and then i love to follow it up with the cleanest joke that i have you know keep the audience guessing not sure where you're going to go with what you're doing but yet there is some kind of through line, uh, some method to the madness, but it's fun to keep people guessing, fun to keep them on their toes. And uh, like I said, we all have so much material at this point. You know, there's it, there's always something for somebody. Um, if you don't like the, the jokes on this aisle, you walk down the next one, there's plenty more. And I think that's a really good point you make because especially with the best comedians, you can tell a comedian who can tell a really good clean joke can tell a really good dirty joke because the same mechanics have to be there for both of them yep. to be pulled up. You can't just say something dirty and get a laugh out of it. And that is something that I often love hearing comedians talk about just the art 
And when you say that, following up a really dirty joke with a really clean joke, it's the same format. It's the same skill that it takes to make you laugh at both of them. So I definitely really appreciate that. I'm Rick Becker, and I will continue my conversation with Don Jameson in just a few minutes. He will be at Pat Garrett Amphitheater on Friday, June 18th with Comedians of the Compound. Get tickets at pgamp.com, pgamp.com. You can also go to that website, pgamp.com, to get tickets to see Bad Flower at Pat Garrett Amphitheater on June 26th. Here is Bad Flower on iRockRadio.me.